Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about fecal transplants, us taking poo from someone and putting it in someone else. We're going to talk about how this can help with depression, cancer, aging, and also just like why poo from someone else could help your life in the future. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. It's fascinating. It's here. It's poo. Uh, hi. <laughs> hey, what's up? I feel spastic right now or oh. i feel kind of like oh, disorganized oh I'm just like, i feel like this morning's been chaotic we're filming on a not on our normal day we are going away in a moment and i'm so not ready like going away like an hour away from the city <laughs> um but i'm just like i haven't like i don't need to do laundry do I need to pack i'm just like lost and confused and so we're gonna do this so sorry if i feel all over the place yeah it's gonna be a spastic episode for mitch i guess because you're gonna be like oh my god what did i pack my undies did i bring my fecal transplant oh my god i want one so bad okay more on no. that later <laughs> I want other poo in my poo. Um, yeah, what else is going on outside of poo? I'm about to finish Sopranos, and it's insane. So we finished you... Yellow Jackets. was great. Oh, yeah. yeah was good. <laughs> it's just TV because we're locked down. So what's your assessment of Sopranos? Because I only ever watched like seven episodes and like didn't really get into it. And now you've watched like oh 700 episodes. Yeah, so. it's been like, I <laughs> guess like the, my identity for like seven months. I'm Italian now. Um, yeah, if you ever see Greg's Instagram, <laughs> it's just always like a quote from a soprano. Or it's just Tony Soprano like saying weird, like gay homophobic stuff. Like it's yeah. just like interesting. He's, it's really ending with a like, wow, okay, he's evil. Tony Soprano's oh, evil. Oh, spoiler, careful. You've got well, to he's evil the whole time. They play with, it's a very mundane show. It's a very like, intellectual existential show i think it's a fascinating show to be like the most popular show of the time like it's very like a sign that everything is sped up tiktok has sped up our brains like it's a slow show and i constantly am just like what the hell because it's so lauded i'm like constantly being torn between like is this boring is this good is this the smartest show is this actually a bad show like i'm so confused because sometimes also nostalgia can play such a huge role like i remember this is really like off topic or random but like we once watched i don't know if you'd never watched it before but the terminator remember we like went back in university maybe i was showing it to you for the first time but we realized how slow of an action movie it is even like the craziest action scenes when they're like on the cars like explosions are going off when you 
you compare it to how movies are edited today, it felt so slow. Oh my Didn't god! Didn't make it bad, but I was just like, "Am I? Do I still like this?" Because there's also just the level of nostalgia that if someone was watching it for the first time, they might be like, "This movie is so slow." So I saw Top Gun for the first time recently, and it was the worst movie I've ever. Seen. Oh no, it was. It the was. Worst. It was not absolutely good, yeah. horrible. It was like military propaganda, so slow, no action. <laughs> No stakes. It was <sighs> insane to think that that was the most popular movie of that year. It's like yeah. brains and like neurons are wired so differently. If Top Gun came out right now, it would be like, I don't know. It would be like, this is the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. So Sopranos falls into that. Not It's way better than Top Gun. But it's like really interesting to watch now. And it makes me think. But it also is like there's a lot of shows that have like followed in its footsteps. Like Breaking Bad. Even Yellow Jackets that I'm like, these are these shows I think are better like, but they're like built on the backs of. Yes, that's like what I think is interesting. It's like reading War and War and Peace vibes. It's like Sopranos changed television, so it's worth watching for that reason. But I think straight people are insane. I'm like, this isn't that good. Like, it's like, <laughs> and like the fact that there's like books on books about like each episode. I'm like, they're just mobsters and like they're bad and they toy with whether he's bad or good. And it's like, we've seen what people have built on Sopranos right. and it's better. And I've seen those shows, I think. And sometimes if someone, if like a man were to tell me Sopranos is the best show ever, I would need them to really explain to me why. That's fair. But that's why I'm saying it could be part and parcel of the time. Because yeah. even with music, sometimes people look back at these like famous artists and kind of go like, it's not like that unique or that different. But then you realize if you came up in that time, yeah. it was like groundbreaking, right? There's artists who like now we might be like, well, everything kind of sounds like that. But they were maybe like inventing those sounds. Yeah, that's true. And so that show was probably like literally one of the first ones to really tackle those kinds of themes in a different format but now it's so yeah it's like when normal. i see abstract expressionist paintings i'm like pollock i'm like no this actually does suck right like it's but like the man was painting with his dick but like the yeah time at the time everyone was like oh, they art. didn't do a horizon <laughs> line and it was like okay okay like he brought a like duchamp brought a urinal into an art gallery and everyone freaked out i'm like that's not that cool anymore because everyone's like peeing in jars and putting it in art galleries and saying it's right art. and now selling it as an nft yeah <laughs> but the last thing i'll say with sopranos is like it's a really cool I think play on gender and critique of like gender identity and of masculinity. And if it was written by women or queer people, I think it would be a masterpiece. But the fact that it's like written by men, I'm like, I don't know what the point of view is as obviously mm. like there's a weird, like queer critique I have of it in my head right. that I really like, but it doesn't pull really it off. With it's that, like, I think yeah. I'm maybe building it myself, which is yeah. kind of interesting. But I'm like, if this was like written by women and critiquing masculinity, I think I'd, trust it a lot more anyway yeah, that's that all i'll say feel like maybe it's intention yeah like, like I, accidentally yeah, being able to pull a message being, from exactly, it <laughs> exactly and the acting is the best like absolutely incredible acting that's kind of maybe worth it right. for some people but yeah okay let's move on because we got okay. off topic let's go oh what did we learn this week we side noted that's the name of the podcast <laughs> we have to always say that because we do it all the time okay i have a very important question how is TikTok impacting your brain? Because a new study just came out and they're talking about something called TikTok use disorder. Oh, God, I have it. <laughs> I think like a lot of us do. No. So to clarify, there are boundaries for TikTok use disorder, much like other use disorders, is that it has to interfere with your daily life. It does. Or it could lead to withdrawal when you're not using it. Yeah. And the, okay. So there's probably obviously a scale of this. Um 
And so this part's first part's a little more obvious. It turns out that people who have this disorder have higher levels of anxiety, stress, and depression. Uh, um, but more importantly, or most interesting, the, f- the study found that people who have TikTok use disorder have a lower working memory than people who do not. Oh, my God. So your working memory is like how much information your brain is able to hold at one time and then use in t- cognitive tasks. So they would like test. This study was in on... Uh, like thousands of teenagers, so young people. And I think that was based in China. So there might be demographics that change across the world. But basically, the people who had TikTok use disorder couldn't hold as much in their mind and complete the cognitive tasks to as high of a degree. Of course, it's literally (laughs) just like different contexts and videos firing into your brain. It is the most viscerally, cognitively damaging of social media platforms (laughs) because it's so well designed. And it's so interesting, I think, how people aren't, as able to critique it as they are other things because they're like, it's so well designed. The algorithm's so amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's so amazing that it's like literally colonizing your brain. I think that actually most people probably can criticize it. It's just crazy because we can't stop using it. I throw, I've thrown my phone once a week because I look at the time and I'm like an hour and a half I've and I like chuck my phone and I'm like, Go on a walk because I'm just like, what are you doing? And I, I don't have control over mm. myself. When it, <laughs> when it comes to this sort of working memory loss, that I didn't know this, but that is actually common in people who have depression and anxiety outside of this. Mm. So um, that was the important caveat of this study that it's not necessarily that TikTok gives you these things, but it was an association. Mm. So whether or not it's causal, we don't know. But the study was just like, these two things kind of go hand in hand, whether or not people who are more depressed and anxious happen to use TikTok more often or people who yeah, use TikTok more often get more depressed and anxious is yet to be determined. Also, it's like everyone now of my friend group is like, I can't believe how boring Instagram is. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because like static images and like what Instagram is based on is so boring now compared to TikTok. Like yeah. it's weird. Like there's a backlash on the entertainment value of Instagram. Just being like it's, slow. It's literally becoming like, <laughs> like reading a book. Like the way that TV now is reading a novel. Oh my God, in 30 years, like, people are going to be like, I watched an Instagram video. I'm feeling really <laughs> Yeah, well, really honestly, proud. like a lot of our dinnertime conversations are based on like um, one of us bringing up a TikTok we saw. I want want to get out of this hell <laughs> okay what did you learn <laughs> so <laughs> i have some hope for covid about it getting better okay about Me too, new actually. scientific research into t-cell mediated immune response as okay. opposed to constantly talking about neutralizing antibodies so we constantly have heard a lot about oh do you have the antibodies because you got it oh do you have right. the antibodies from the vaccine the like, antibodies antibodies and what happens is like your immune system is very complicated i can't explain it all quickly right now but neutralizing antibodies were more sensitive to the mutations in the spike protein, for example. And therefore, yes, the neutralizing antibodies from the vaccine or prior infection did not help as much as this Omicron variant came. But what they're realizing is the T-cell mediated response. T-cells are like, it's fun. They're like the killer cells (laughs) in your immune system. They actually will attack cells that have been infected by viruses, whereas neutralizing antibodies stop the virus from replicating. So it's like a different part of your immune system that they're finding that is the reason why there were decreased hospitalizations. They think with this early research that increased T cell mediated immunity from people who were vaccinated and the increased T cell mediated immunity from people who had prior infection. Mm -hmm. It's likely that this T cell aspect of your immune system is the thing that doesn't that is actually way better at sort of 
attacking the virus regardless of the mutations. And they think that's why people who are vaccinated, for example, were able to be getting less sick and less hospitalized. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, okay, we've talked about antibodies for the last two years. Let's start focusing on T-cell-mediated immunity. And really what it is, again, saying is you need to get vaccinated because every time you're vaccinating yourself, you're increasing your T-cell-mediated immunity. And so they're kind of pushing in the science world to start focusing more on this aspect of your immune system, not neutralizing antibodies. And it's a little bit hopeful because it's like, if we continue to focus on this, we might realize that as new variants form, which will happen, watch our videos on YouTube to learn more about that, that this aspect of our immune system might constantly be what keeps most people out of the hospital. Like protected. Yeah. yeah. Even so if was, you catch it. Okay. That's interesting. It's like that very, <laughs> very early. Like it's a lot of scientists fighting to be like, okay, neutralizing antibodies. Like they're kind of, they're great, but they're like, you know, more sensitive to mutations. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on this other aspect of our immune system and learn more about it because weirdly your immune system, even immunologists, like it's complicated. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we know a lot, but we also like don't. I definitely do agree and feel like obviously I'm not like an epidemiologist, but I read a lot and watch like a lot of uh, discussion around new studies coming out. And I feel like we're in winter and lockdown, so it's still a bit intense, but I am feeling hopeful. There does seem to be like much more optimism on the horizon of what Omicron and Omicron 2.0, which sounds scary, but a lot of like scientists are saying like this actually might be the best case scenario. Yeah. Because even of course, having the vaccine is like the best thing you can do. You don't know if you're somebody who might be predisposed to having a bad infection. Yeah. But we're seeing that like getting infected as well does actually protect people in the long run. Like obviously, but that might not have been the case. Like we might've been able to get reinfected over and over, which can still happen, but it's just nice to know that Omicron is spreading so fast. It is more mild. And so that might provide like a huge amount of protection to stop against future variants, uh, like spreading through society. So like fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. And everyone, everyone listening outside of Ontario is like, you're locked down. It's like, yeah, Yeah. we are. Yeah, But I mean, it opens up next week. So that's like at least, but but it's really hard to be locked down when there's this much snow. snow like because you just if it was summer in lockdown like yes it would be depressing but at least you could just be outside so much more easily. or even if like even if this there's this much snow and you're not locked down you're like oh i'll go to a movie or like yeah exactly do winter have places things, you like, can go have a little scotch by the fire with friends <laughs> or whatever but it's like no we're not doing anything but we are going skiing outside that's cross-country true skiing. that is like the one you thing. can do that but, but it is was minus 35 degrees celsius last night yeah. so it's like we'll see how yeah. long we're able to go skiing for okay i say we take a little break and then we come and talk about poo freaking <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Stop. 
Study time. Study time. Study time. Well, let's talk about poo. <laughs> Mitch just freaking farted. farted right in the mic. Those who are watching know it's not true. It's a little. He lifted side up joke, his but... asshole to the mic and <laughs> farted it out. Okay, I am so excited to talk about fecal transplants, and I didn't really realize that. Um, you know, a couple of people we mentioned this to, who we know, like had no idea what it was, and then were mind blown. So I'm excited. If you have not heard of fecal transplants, talk about it. Even if you have. The research that I came across, and I'm sure you did as well, it's just like so cool and honestly feels like, to me, this is just like my own opinion, one of the most <laughs> exciting fields in biology. Like it feels like there's so much promise in this space and undiscovered like breakthroughs. What are you laughing? I'm like the gay science podcast is obsessed with ass stuff. No. We're obsessed with asshole science. Okay. It doesn't have to just be ass stuff. Uh, as we'll find, but it, no, <laughs> I guess you're right. Like, fine. Yeah. Fecal microbiota transplant. Okay, but babe. in one of my studies, I will explain why that's where it begins, but not where it has to go. So let's first maybe just talk about what it is for those <laughs> who don't know. Fecal being poo-poo. Uh, I feel like you hate the word poo. I hate the, the word Greg poo. Greg is like, shit, shit. And if I go yeah. like, oh, did you poo? He'll be like, oh, Mitch. Oh, gross. No, but you stop. also do this thing where you go poo-poo. You're like, did you poo-poo? I'm like, that's I, disgusting. I do not say, do you poo-poo? You do. You like, you like, you, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> we're side noting, but it's like, shit. Like I, if I want to talk about feces, like I want to be like, shit, feces, like, nah. But you were sometimes like poo-poo. You try to make it like childish I and like, do not. you try to make it pass as something that's <laughs> not. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like it. I'm like, this is, no, this is like not a fun game. <laughs> uh, okay. I will. Okay. Well, okay let's, let's go back. Shit. Let's go back. Let's talk yeah. about shit. shit. So, um, fecal transplants. Okay. If most people have heard of like our microbiome and are aware that we have tons of bacteria on our skin, in our gut, all over. More our bacteria in our bodies than our own human cells. Yeah. And more and more through the years, scientists have realized that this bacteria, in particular, our gut microbiome, has like a huge impact on our physical health, our mental health. And the makeup of that bacteria is just as much a part of who you are potentially than like what you consider yourself. The gut brain axis is the name mm -hmm. of the like way in which these microbiomes are affecting all the sort of hormone regulation in your body. It's absolutely so complicated. It's like, <laughs> right. You need an <laughs> algorithm of like millions and billions of bacteria in order to maybe even have one strong correlation. So we're, at the beginning of this concept in science in many ways and like through our lifetime it will become more and more significant but i even think we're going to die before it ever becomes yeah reaches its full potential of understanding if you think about how hard and long it took to do like the human genome project and then knowing that the amount of dna present in these bacteria yeah in your body is so exponentially higher and on top of that, it's like all different colonies, all different kinds. And every human has a different makeup and it changes through our lives is an interesting thing. Like as we age, as we like when you are birthed through the vaginal canal, like that impacts like what your microbiome will be growing up. Um, and, and so also all these exposures when yeah. you're young, like when you're a, literally between like, you know, they're like the years between zero and five last the rest of your life. And even kind of has to do with that beyond like people yeah. changing their diets long-term can, can change the whole makeup of their bacteria. But like you said, it's so unknown right now. It's kind of like a catch all term to being like, we don't really know what a good and bad bacteria yeah. is. One thing I'll say just to start as an example is like, 
major depressive disorder is like a form of depression that is like medically understood in humans. And then what they'll do is they'll look at the microbiomes of people with major depressive disorder and they'll look at the microbiomes of people who are quote unquote healthy and don't have it. Mm -hmm. And they've literally found an increased abundance of like agrithella, mm. atopobium, <laughs> and <them>. bifidobacteria, <laughs> and decreased facialobacterium. So it's can't like, live with them, can't live without them. Yeah. So it's like they're literally like, okay, when we look at all of these like severely depressed people, and then we look at their microbiomes and we look at health people and we look at their microbiomes. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh my God. Seeing differences. We are actually seeing that all these different people with different backgrounds have this way more of these bacteria and for some reason less of these. So it's like, okay, cool. They know that, but they don't necessarily know why or what those bacteria are doing. So a lot of this research is still early and just based on those concepts, even though it's like, what the heck is the agrothella doing? But sometimes what they'll realize is like that bacteria is like a pre, like essentially breaks down specific like nutrients and things that do lead to the creation of serotonin. So mm. they like make that kind of jump. They're like, right. Oh, you're like actually, maybe this is what's happening when you have more of these. Yeah. Bacteria. You don't have the bacteria that is actually better for breaking down specific parts of essential amino acids that make serotonin. Interesting. But again, right. it's so like not, they can't draw the lines the way they can with like, yeah. you know, how oxygen enters your blood or something like that, which we know. But it feels like, not that we're close to that, but we'll be getting closer. Like so much research is going into yeah. this. It is important to note that there is a lot of exploitation in this field as well with like, um, like gut biome, like, uh, supplements and foods yeah. that are claiming to help or having like, obviously like I eat yogurt and Greek yogurt, but there's lots yeah. of companies that claim like this will like give your gut bacteria like wholesome food and or probiotics, pro you know, probiotics, prebiotics. Yeah. It's just an interesting field that, all to say, we don't really know. It's conceptually a good idea, but like it comes down to the strain of bacteria. Do we really yeah. know what we need? Right now, we don't really. And that's and even like are. kombucha and all that, like BS. It's like, no, the best like prebiotic and probiotic is like onion mm. and garlic. You know what I mean? Like, it's like <laughs> when you actually like learn about nutrients, you're like, wait, that, you're like, yeah, okay, like that has everything kind of has. Everything you eat is like a prebiotic technically, mm. but some of the most like abundant and like interesting things are just like whole foods. This is yeah. like classically the thing where you're like spending $7 on like some weird like tea that someone fermented, right. but just it's like, not like, garlic. yeah, it's like you need to know what it's doing. And it's like, yeah, like just like eat an onion, a raw onion. For reference too, though, like probiotic is the bacteria and then prebiotic yeah. is what they're eating. eating. Like, yeah. So if you have probiotics, that's one thing, but if you're not having the right sort of food for them in your stomach, then maybe it's gone yeah. to waste is the idea of why yeah. prebiotics are important so that you're like helping to sustain yeah. those healthy quote unquote bacteria in your stomach. Um, do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Like I have some really cool studies Go. Um, because I will Go. say the biggest caveat for this is so much of this research has been done in mice as most is. Most oh, the rats and the mice of this world. <laughs> but... I have a really, really cool study that was done in humans. So let's also like clarify fecal transplant means actually taking <laughs> the feces of one human or mouse and putting it in the other one. Now, hot. Yeah. So like as, play. as a gay person, this is really hot. We love it. <laughs> uh, I have to be honest. I reading a different study on mice that I'll talk about after. It sounded like they were feeding it to them and i was like am i misunderstanding this like, like whether you go right up thine butt yeah so yeah they me, do feed it to some of them okay mice. i yeah. kind of always <laughs> thought it was like here we're gonna like shove it up your butt and yeah 
that's gonna like help. And surely I'm like, it must be a distilled version that's not just like, here's a piece of poo. And like yeah, it's it like in capsules. It's not. Yeah. Um. So in that mouse study, it was like, and then we fed them over the course of eight weeks, and I was like, fed them. That's that. That's not the version that I want. Anyway, this one oh is in my humans. God, I, want barf. I do not know how it was administered, but it was looking at the gut microbiomes of people with advanced melanoma, which is a kind of skin cancer, uh, that did not respond well to immunotherapy. So immunotherapy for this, like from melanoma, has a failure rate of 40%. So people get immunotherapy. It doesn't work for a Hmm. lot of people. Oh my God, that's a lot. Uh, So this study is a phase two clinical trial in humans, which to me, I was like, this is so cool. It's actually being tested in humans to see if it works. And so they did a fecal transplant from melanoma patients that had good responses to immunotherapy. So mm-hmm. like they got immunotherapy and they saw a reduction in tumors or disease into people who had had immunotherapy but had no results. Um, hmm. It was only 15 people. Again, it's just like the beginning of these uh, trials. And of those 15 who had not had any success with previous, six of them after getting a fecal transplant showed reduction in tumors and disease stabilization that lasted more than a year. Wow. And the study was like, this is highly unlikely that they would spontaneously get the ability to suddenly yeah. the second time be able to respond to it. That was like hugely promising. Oh my God. If I ever got sick, shove it in my hole <laughs> or make me eat it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, going back to what I said earlier, it's like interesting because right now it's just a catch all like, we know gut bacteria has an impact. We have no freaking clue why or which ones yeah. are doing this. So the long-term goal is like, we can figure this out. In this case, for example, they're like, we want to be able to help patients who were not responding to immunotherapy. Once we know what is actually causing the change, then we might be able to just create like capsules. Yeah. yeah. The optimal and, bacteria. Yeah. And just focus on that instead of like doing a whole fecal transplant. Okay. So also on top of that, I was sort of like, I want fecal feces put it in me but then there are people <laughs> people have died oh yeah so in some like, like so oh I God, read a study about like why there needs to be like a I kept reading size being like it's not a panacea can you go what's panacea, a panacea it's just like everything or maybe it is panacea I don't know no, you're, no, you're the Italian no, 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 no. it means the like, panacea I mean, panacea okay this is like one of those words that I like think I know what it means I'm gonna try and guess and I'm gonna look up the definition but it's because just I'm like pangea. panacea into me is like a catch-all like it can cure everything yeah so like a like i was reading a study that was literally called like why fecal transplants are important important but they're not a they're not a pangea i'm kidding that's okay, the, like, hear how it sounds <laughs> panacea, panacea. Okay. and it says a solution or remedy for all difficulties or diseases. yeah okay so so for example they're like we need to be really careful with this because what can happen is you put by mistake bacteria in mm. someone and the bacteria is like antibacterially resistant to specific medication that person needs and then they die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like this is okay sorry this is right. like it could change so rare body chemistry. and this is also studies on people who were like terminally ill. Okay. And so like not to say that that's like in any way makes it okay, but like it's just like people die for a lot of different reasons. Actually this brings me to another ethical issue that was brought up in the study which is like if you give someone else a fecal transplant of their microbiome because of how intense people think the microbiome affects the brain. If something happens in the future to them, for example, they get colon cancer or they get something. Yeah. What happens if you start to realize like, well, maybe that cured you of the thing 
acutely yeah, but, but chronically you now else. died of something like is mm. there ethical right. reasons why maybe like you know what i mean like you're yeah. essentially it's almost like not like a brain transplant but it's like yeah you don't know the long-term impact of it necessarily yeah. or the trade-off right like yes exactly. and, and maybe that trade-off's worth it maybe it does help you deal with something that could have an immediate negative effect on you for the cost of something that long-term will you know like dealing with like lots of drugs do that lots of drugs it's like it might you might die in a year so this drug will keep you alive but then you might die of something else because that drug is really intense on your body yeah so, so it's like that's true like kind of for everything though you know what i mean mm -hmm. like you can get an, like i take antibiotics when i get strep in the future i might be like when i become antibiotic resistant before mm. everyone be like well <laughs> should i have just like right Got really it. suffered through strep <laughs> and like hope i didn't die like no, it's kind it of like no like i guess not yeah. but it's like acute versus chronic like there's yes. some ethical things there especially if you're taking it from someone else mm -hmm. and then you can put blame on someone whereas i can't blame someone for the antibiotic i took right but there is a bit of like now with covid it's like well we know you're getting that strep well actually strep is weird because you like have it a lot and it probably is living in you but i'm so much more aware now of when i get a cold being like someone fucking gave this to me oh god if a friend shows up to <laughs> one of my parties ever again like i got a sniffle i'm gonna slam that door in their face <laughs> and i'm gonna say go home be like you're fun but you're not that fun yeah that's not worth it unless it's like future. beyonce or something i'd be like hey come in but um come sneeze on me <laughs> oh god i would um, let, i would let beyonce sneeze in my hole would you let her fecal plant into you yes are you kidding <laughs> obviously i want a fecal microbiota transplant from beyonce you're just like a superstar after that she could sell that that's true that's a that is uh wait i want to talk about mine about c difficile okay let's hear it wait when i say c difficile i just don't know why that is such a like like visceral thing in my head mm -hmm. and i'm like did i have it the like when c you difficile really sick? Yeah. like have you ever heard that like for some reason i was like c difficile like was that what went around like residence when we were in university wait what am i thinking about what's the parasite you had <laughs> oh i had giardia lambia or guardia lambia lamblia i think yeah okay. i had giardia lamblia c difficile yeah i think it's just like maybe a common isn't it it's a common bacteria in, like, that causes PCs, diarrhea right? yeah and like, so like okay so like i think you're right in university i feel like that's the one that like ends up in the lettuce and like yeah like they for have some to close reason down like, all the food places like because it's like the e. coli is that as well well the actual bacteria is like <laughs> but like c difficile like i feel like people have said that to me and i'm just like yeah c difficile but i've never really been like oh you're saying a bacteria right it's become such a normalized word yeah like e like salmonella where you're like, oh, where it's, it's literally a pathogen yeah it's like you're just like oh salmonella but it's mm. like no that's like yeah exactly that mm. so c difficile is like a very like nice way of explaining a complicated long science word that's a specific bacteria okay. that essentially like gets into you mostly through feces they said a lot of people who got sick with it like can't get rid of it because they constantly are like re-eating it oh. in their home like oh, it's like so gross because it's like you have to be so clean after you get contaminated with it because oh. it's like feces is disgusting anyways you're just like farting it around your you're house. literally farting around your home or like your kid gets <laughs> anyways it's just so gross oh my god they should have like underwear but it's like masks is that, so that when you fart what like, it is oh you mean like an n95 underwear yeah so that if you're like farting out c difficile it's like protecting other people i mean i don't know if it's like actually the fart i think it's more like the like not right. washing your hands yeah. okay, like so well after shitting it's not like you're like farting truly toxic farts on the subway and being like oops guess everyone here got c difficile but anyways well i mean pink eye goes that way but yeah okay i know but we're so gone <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Um, so it causes severe diarrhea and inflammation of the colon, and 500,000 people get it a year in, in America wow. alone. Wow. Wow. America, you nasty. Okay, no, I shouldn't <laughs> shame people no, yeah. for, their sh- for the poo mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so this um, specific bacteria, it's actually a huge issue. And if you're over 65 and you get it, it can be, like, very damaging. You can die. Like, this is something we're all learning. Like, oh, yeah, when you're older, like, a lot of these things can kill you. Um, so what they found was that, like, when they just take NF, like, fecal microbiota transplant of someone who's healthy put it in someone with c difficile that healthy microbiota sort of like ability of those like healthy bacteria to get in there start to kill off the bad bacteria with a 90 percent success rate in this small study so they're like huh Huh. like they've sort you know there's been a lot of other ways that they've been trying to deal with deal with feces with feces yeah fire with fire well it's like yeah that bacteria is in your gut it's taking over and it's just like you're helping it with a lot of bacteria Mm. from someone else healthy coming in think of it like a war or something it's like they're coming like i got the troops and then they take (laughs) over your ass but it was just like one of those things that they were like wow this worked really well again small study because they can't do these on like huge ones and also you know, they end with the caveats of like, we can't say it's a, it's a goddamn Arancini panacea up in here, <laughs> but the 90% success rate is a new study. Got people all excited about putting poo in other poo. I mean, that is amazing to loop it back to what you said earlier too, though. You know, it feels like it can go both ways. Obviously, if you can transplant like a healthy microbiome to someone, the opposite can be true. And surely there's not just like a person who has like the perfect microbiome. Except Beyonce. Except Beyonce. Um, In the same way that like evolutionarily, we don't necessarily know what traits are good for us. You know, like there, there is like, um, sickle cell anemia is like uh, preventative against uh, malaria. malaria. So like weird times that you realize like sometimes something that might seem as a deficiency might actually be protective in other scenarios. And that's why yeah. like humans, like this is why, and I know it's like not necessarily the same term, but like diversity is so important in yeah, every in, aspect. In your microbiome, we've used that as and an in analogy. Society. <laughs> yeah, we use that as an analogy actually, like in one of our videos. Just having, yeah, a variation. But I, I was just saying like, you could, and they have done studies on mice as well, where if you actually put the like, quote unquote, bad microbiome into a healthy mouse, it can cause, I think I talked about it on this podcast, like the smoking study, where when people quit smoking, they often gain weight. Yeah. And they did it in mice and did fecal transplants and realized that it could actually cause them, even the mice that had never smoked, it could cause them to gain weight. Yeah, it was their more microbiome was like on yeah. their microbiome through smoking, not through like needing to eat. Yeah, it was less to do with their diet and more to do with their body and how it was processing food. Um, so, so the crazy thing I also learned about this when learning about how they study rats and mice, like I honestly like we need to make the lab rats like Disney movie that is just about all these rats that have different things gone to them and they have like superpowers because it's truly horrible what we do to rats and mice but it like for science it's like so funny like no one wants to talk about it and I don't either but, <laughs> but they okay so they literally so see when you see like the videos of like mice and rats like being so cute and getting tickled and they love their owners and they like oh my god and I love it is, like, mice like I love how like when I go camping and mice come out like everyone screams around me and I'm like that's a gorgeous little rodent I don't know why everyone's freaking out well when they're when they're in public it is scary but when i've seen somebody own pet mice or rats and then they're, they're obviously like well kept and groomed yeah and it's like they're so cute but they also represent disease so the reason right. we're going on a side note but it's still science they represent <laughs> disease and they right. truly have like caused the plague it wasn't a demon <laughs> in case anyone was still thinking i wasn't a demon <laughs> it was you know <laughs> actually a very very tiny organism that spread mm. on rats but anyways 
I think there's a evolutionary reason why we're scared of mice and rats because yeah. they carry disease. But personally, like for some reason, like unlike arachnophobia, which like spiders scare me, mm-hmm. mice have just always been pretty cute to me. Mm. And so I just find it funny because sometimes I'll see one and be like a little bit excited because it's like, oh my God, there's like a random wild rodent. And like mm. truly people around me will be like, ah, like scream <laughs> like, like, like a tarantula. And it's just like one of those funny moments where I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't. I mean, I'm one of those people. Yeah. And my friend Ali, it's like, you guys like scream. Like, I think objectively. Scream. They, they are objectively very cute even when I've seen them in the wild. Or and they are nocturnal. That's kind of weird. But. It's their movement and unpredictability, much like spiders <laughs> or like even centipedes yeah, and stuff true. for me. They're and even so snakes, small. the movement of them is like really difficult. Like if they were slow, like turtles, I'd be like, yeah. that's the cutest little thing And ever. they actually have like the most insane heartbeats and are so fast. Like it's <laughs> yeah. true. Like they're actually like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And I'm like, they do like rats can be very vicious and violent. I feel like mice, yeah. not so much, but I still picture them like coming and nibbling my nose off. But wasn't like, is witches the movie where the scary yeah. mice? Like there's certain like well, elements of culture mice. where like, I feel like mice have been pitched as like evil like you can picture like the red eyes and stuff like that right whereas like i only like grew up with like book mice which was like a tbo show that was like so nice that i'm like i think i skipped all the evil mice footage but it is really interesting (laughs) that there's both sides of it there's like mice painted as scary things but there's so much Stuart little yeah uh, or ratatouille yeah like i literally (laughs) loved Stuart little as a kid i loved book mice and i think i just like never country mouse and city mouse yeah like i just feel like i'm like why are we all so scared of them like they're adorable and they read books like what is happening here anyways i mean hey elephants are scared of mice too it's because of the way they move yeah again was that like a disney movie okay so no they actually are yeah no it's true they truly move so quickly they're they're physically on a different element that's fair like they're fast so there's these things called fsl rats which is what they use to do a lot of these depressive studies and they literally like breed selectively breed rats to have depressed ones so like it's so weird because i'm like how the hell do you know if a rat is depressed is it based off of like how much it eats or what yes it does like truly all those things but the most it's just like emo it's a goth rat no, okay I, the yeah. most interesting way that they have that like this like there's many reasons one of them's how they eat like a lot of different things but the most like one that was visceral to me that i was like science is insane is it's called like a swim test and they'll put oh, no. rats in water and then oh, what they've noticed is like obviously studying these fsl rats like through genetic sequencing and all these things, they're like, oh, they have a lot more markers for depression that we understand. But also the FSL rats, when they're in the water, like we'll just kind of, like they'll say swim as coping mechanism. Like they'll try and stay afloat, but they don't have the will to like get out. Whereas like the, other ones the like, healthy ones are like, get me the hell out of here. I need to live. Oh. And it's literally like they they do swim tests. And then like the ones that kind of are just like, eh, whatever, I could die. They're like, like depressed. That's depressed. <laughs> and then so, so like literally this study was crazy. They took, they took people with major depressive disorder, humans, and healthy people and what threw they, them in the water. No, imagine <laughs> that is absolutely immoral. But I love how we're just like, but we'll obliterate rats. But they um, took their microbiomes, okay, healthy and people with major depressive disorder. Yeah. Then they took their feces, and it was really fun to read about how them all like shitting on cups and like having to give over their feces. Then they did the math based on the microbiome of those things. They diluted it. They added glycerol. They did all these things. They fed it again. Fed it to the mice. 
And they found that like the healthy human were able to make an FSL rat want to get out of the water more and potentially be Whoa. less depressed. So it was human poo into a rat. rat. And then the depressed humans, they gave to healthy rats. And all of a sudden, the healthy rats were treading water and didn't want to get out. Oh, Plus no. all the other studies. But I thought the treading water one was the... Yeah. It's not that funny, but it's kind of insane that like people in lab coats are like dropping them in water. It's like, <laughs> like from a movie, you're like, people don't do that. It's like, no, yeah, there's like grad students across the world like drowning rats being like oh that one didn't really want to get out depressed anyway so like, like it literally breed it because we need more depressed rats yeah it's great it. we want a bunch of depressed rats so anyways that's interesting another Very example of why you can leave this podcast being like fecal transplants are so interesting but i can't you know say that's the reason why they don't know why they just know when, <laughs> when they put a depressed versus microbiome in a healthy rat it decided to passively cope while it swam and didn't really want to get out that bad hmm <laughs> Isn't that Very crazy? Interesting. I was honestly reading this study like giggling. I was obsessed, like being like, That's "Are morbid. you serious?" <laughs> There's also like mazes and like you're right, right food and hunger. There's a lot more that are. Wasn't it obvious. last week that you talked about putting little vests on rats as, oh, as fetishes? <laughs> they put vests on rats and made them have sex, and then the rats would need the vest to have sex. Oh my god, the things that we do to rats and mice. I think I got like. Okay, no, never mind. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. no okay, I'm not no, bringing no. it up. I'm not bringing it up. We're not going down that side note. We'll continue. Um, yeah, it is so fascinating. Like, I won't go too much into one more study. I just wanted to talk about aging and the reverse effect of aging. Because obviously, it, it seems pretty crazy, like, that we can help humans' health, depression, like, social ability. But this study actually found that they could rejuvenate old rats by fecal transplants in terms of their energy levels, in terms of the way they acted. They basically oh took, God. like, three- to four-month-old mice, which are considered young adults, and 20 <laughs> month year old mice, which they said was ancient by mice standards. Oh my God. See, their hearts are beating so fast. Their lives are just sped up. Um, Did you know that there's a finite, sorry, side note, yeah. a finite amount kind of, of amount of heartbeats in most organisms on earth? Yeah. I've so it's like that. because the mouse's is so fast, like mm -hmm. that makes like physical, biological sense that they die like earlier than, for example, ours are slower. But then there's, yeah. there's ones that are even slower than us, like those goddamn tortoises that live uh -huh. forever. And whales too, right? It's kind of like existentially depressing to me. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like yeah. we're not special. No, not at all. Wow, Sopranos <laughs> getting to me. Okay, go. Uh, either way, the old mice, not only did their microbiome start to resemble the young people, this is when they fed them like over eight <laughs> weeks. And I was like, they're feeding them the poo? Did they start to look snatched? <laughs> yeah, no. They're lying. Their brains changed. It's oh. a, the hippocampus, which is associated with learning and memory, became more physically and chemically <laughs> similar to the young mice. They learned to this solve mazes insane. faster. They were better at memorizing the maze layouts. People are obsessed with mice and mazes. Is. holy i shit. know it's such a like trope that i wonder who was the first there's probably a some white famous. man <laughs> you don't you don't know <laughs> i do oh, no you're Sorry. right okay. um but the Stupid caveat man. that this study gave <laughs> is that the science is mixed because some other studies have shown a cognitive decline in this same oh. setup so it is oh, like no. back, back to it being so unclear <laughs> there have been times when like young mice 
microbiomes have <laughs> oh made old mice God. like worse. I am so like Jennifer Aniston obviously has a fecal like, transplant. Brad Pitt has definitely tried to <laughs> shove some like young shit up his ass, <laughs> and I just love the day that like George Clooney does it and comes oh out. Oh my he God! Looks absolutely Imagine wretched. Like it's like the reason Leonardo DiCaprio is always with like young women. He's actually just stealing their stealing poo. the microbiome. <laughs> also, I love like Leonardo DiCaprio is not attractive and hasn't been for years, <laughs> yeah. and I just. You know, I just like saw a tweet once where they're like, why is everyone still like he's hot? It's like he's a yacht owning hypocrite. Okay, He's whoa. crazy. I don't know why, what is happening to me right now. Like we're, I'm just like relating into side note, but you're right. Leonardo DiCaprio is stealing the microbiomes of the young women, <laughs> but it's not working. He's one of those random mice that every time he shoves it up, he looks older. <laughs> no, no. I want one. No, but I don't. Like, no, don't I don't think it's one. too uncertain. I, obviously, yeah, I've I honestly thought about it. Like I, I would get one. It's going to be a moment of vulnerability, but I feel like I'm in a much better place now than I was for a long time. I would say the past like four years of my life were like pretty hard. And we all clap. Yeah. But I was through that time. Like I need someone else's. (laughs) Sometimes I was like, you're so mentally healthy. Do I just like take yours? Every time I shit, you're like, don't flash. I'm like, what? That's disgusting. But obviously I didn't do that. Um, but no, I am just like, obviously there's a lot of people who be willing to try these kind of things if they're suffering. Oh from my God. Any... That's so good that you're in a good place. Like maybe we're going to switch and I'm going to want your poo. Probably That'd not. be a beautiful <laughs> moment. I mean, I just, yeah, you're just, you just seem so also, I feel so, I'm so annoying, but we like got our microbiomes tested and mine was like the most diverse. Yeah. Mine was not. Mine was pretty bad, but I take antibiotics all the time, which I thought would make it worse. But probably, I feel like when you did that test, it had been it had been a while since you had had that happen. But I like literally truly grew up on like pogos and candy cereal. And I thank my parents <laughs> deeply for what they fed me when I was young. But in those tests, they did say what you've been eating in like the last eight weeks can play yeah. a big role. And I remember thinking like, oh god, this weekend I was like drinking, and then I was like yeah. eating like eating takeout. One so of I, our I friends was thinking, so bad, and he, yeah. he was like, I did eat. Popeyes. Like he was like trying to like justify it, and, and you're right. You and we were like, really it's know. the Popeyes, but it's like that's like no, it wasn't. Like that's and why they is it said, so complicated. If you're focused before eating, taking those tests on like prebiotics and stuff that's encouraged and like diverse arrays of food, you can like your microbiome is also impacted by your immediate environment, yeah. as well as your genetics. It was also pre being a vegetarian. I'm curious what that means. Yeah. Although being a vegetarian, a lot of prebiotics are vegetables and yeah. legumes, mm-hmm. not necessarily meat. So. That's actually, I, I shouldn't just like say that. It's not a panacea. It's not a panacea. It's not an arancini. See ya. But I also ya. <laughs> want one just especially if like, I don't know, if someone was like, you can stop getting strep throat, I would be like, <laughs> yeah, shove that in my hole. I also oh want to have <sighs> do an episode on douching, which we are going to be doing soon. Okay. Um, A lot of ass play on this podcast. And I sometimes welts douching. I'm like, is this bad that I'm like it has to rinsing my hole with water? Because like, that's not something like any hunter gatherer or did they? Or did they? And uh, I mean like you're sticking other stuff up there. So it's like probably like water's not the worst okay. part. <laughs> wow. There's sometimes where I just feel like someone might be driving in their car with like a kid and just like slam off. the. I pot. mean, like, this whole episode is about fecal transplant. Yeah. Right? And like what kid would even want to listen to this? You don't know. Hey, kids. How's it going? They might be like, that guy sounds like Barney. (laughs) So many people have been talking on YouTube about how I like expressive my hands are. Like you do a lot of this like flailing. And then I like, I'm like, it's absolutely insane. Like, is it, am I 
crazy. Like, am I abnormal with my hand movement? That's a stereotype of gay people, I think. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I actually do, was watching use- me trying to explain science, and it's like I cannot stop like moving my hand. Well, there's there's a lot of really cool studies on. I read a really cool book about the extended brain, is what it was called, I think. And there's a whole section around how movement and hand gestures, how much better you learn when you do them. Are you serious? Like externalizing your learning environment. I, I went, I need to go back to that. I was going to make an episode about that. So when people um, are like, stop moving. Your-. I mean, a lot, some people are like really nice and like, I love how expressive he is. But then a lot of like, you know, what people who like their icon is like the devil or something. And they're like, yeah. this like gay guy needs to stop moving his hands. I mean, it may like, maybe you're not like, I, I maybe it's more intentional. I, I can't say whether like your form of hand movement is like assisting. But I think <laughs> hand movement. I just want to really be like, con- it's actually how I teach. Enter. That's so funny. <laughs> and it's like, read this study. It helps to like make your point. Creating physical shapes is like a much easier for the brain to contextualize and build associations. So oh, there was like a really cool kind section. way of you responding to my like question of whether I was abnormal and a freak of nature. No, you are, but like that can oh. be beautiful. <laughs> we need diversity, and you are the hand diversity we need. And we need diversity in our holes. <sighs> okay, well, yeah, let's go get some fecal transplants. Onto the future. Yeah. I would love, I, we should, uh, it would be, I want to, I do wanna it make, online. Do it for I wanna YouTube. I want to like make a YouTube video and yeah. go to like a research center where and they do one. it. And just, I don't want to get one to be honest, but I just want to like. But imagine I left and I was snatched and looked 22. <laughs> it's not going to change like that. <laughs> like, um, Excuse me. Can I get the one where I like look 22? <laughs> They'd be like, uh, you need to stop filming and leave. It's okay. definitely going to happen in LA first too. Yeah, we sometimes have to go for work. Mm -hmm. So we should, when we go to LA, start asking around, so where are the fecal transplant places at? Mm Because we know everyone here is absolute freaks. (laughs) Everyone in LA is a freak. I'm like, you're all going to die. You know that, right? That's what I (laughs) want to say. Regardless of what you do. Regardless of what you do, like death is upon you. This is a really weird city where people pretend death doesn't exist. (laughs) Death becomes our great movie about that. (sighs) I say we ended there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I hope that was interesting to all. Um, that was so great. So just a reminder at the end, you are going to die. So make <laughs> sure that you subscribe Have a good time. to the... Fuck, I never can do this right. What is it called? Oh, our podcast? Yeah, comment on it and be like, really good. Oh, it we helps. haven't done that in a long time. If you made it here, honestly, give wow. us a rating. It really, really helps. And if you are... Uh, yeah, okay, no, I, we don't know if it helps, but like, it makes us feel nice when people do that. No, and we, we actually read them. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Next week might be douches. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.